hello there, everybody. Welcome. Uh, this is about a dog. And that's Ashley. That's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that actually flowed pretty good. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I think really we're getting it. a little bit better. I, I, I would after have to agree. A couple of years, I guess. Yeah. Maybe um, possibly could be. I don't know. Yeah, so updates, updates, updates. We're doing more updates again. Kind of. Well, are we're we posting go... episodes or are we posting just updates to our lives at this point and broadcasting <laughs> them live to the public? <laughs> no. I just went to the bathroom, everyone. Wait, that's what Twitter's for. Never mind. Yeah, that's Twitter and Twitch. <laughs> uh, Twitch doesn't do... Never mind. Never mind. I remember some woman sold her bath water over like Twitch or something yeah, like that. So, yeah, so yeah. Um, Weird shit. But the biggest update is mm-hmm. we got married. That is correct. Um, effective January 29th. Yep. We had some very close family and friends over, which thank yep. you very much. Yes, thank you, thank um, you. Ceremony was performed. Um, Ashley and I are officially man and wife, and I've made and taken every opportunity to call you my wife yeah. at every possible turn. And you put a snowball on my head. Yes, I did. But... I like the fact Dad missed. Dad tried to throw one. I guess yeah. he was trying to think about throwing rice or something. I don't know. But the trees, you know, d- defended me, which I was kind of happy about. But what he didn't realize was that I had a snowball in my hand and then just smoosh right on top of his head. Just full of snow. Um, what else? Uh... You may be getting your car back. Yeah, hopefully getting my car back this week, which will be nice. Hopefully. Um, Back to teaching dog show class again. Yeah, you've uh, had a record of three times so far. At least. And I'm teaching again next week. You had to take uh, some time off. Yeah, for um, medical stuff, which is fine. She's she's been healing up, and she's fine. Um, I'd like to thank the individual that reached out to us. Oh, yes. Huge thank you Yeah. to... Because I saw that, and then I was like, holy crap, they reached out to the podcast. Yeah. um, Let's get their name, because of course we're not prepared for anything. Well, I kind of (laughs) bushwhacked Ashley. She was not expecting that sort of thing. So, yeah. But she she mentioned we were her inspiration for getting Getting a particular dog. Um, She listened to the podcast, so thank you very much. Um, (laughs) We hope to continue producing content of our utmost quality and thank you and i feel like i'm going to butcher your first name oh let me do it i'll take the heat okay let me do it uh, just first name only kaylee kaylee i see kayla kaylee kaylee or kayla well think about Leia? it i mean kaylee i mean we know someone named Leia, yeah. right and i think the ka there is it could be kaylee mm-hmm. or i think it's kaylee i'm going with that cool mostly for the firefly reference firefly reference um, but they ended up getting an Airedale puppy based on our Airedale episode, which is awesome. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate you guys reaching out. It's It it gives us motivation to keep doing what we're doing. Oh, absolutely, because like I said, this is a labor of love and unfortunately not our actual labor. Yeah. Um, so any particular type of feedback um, like that, we wholeheartedly welcome with open mm-hmm. arms. Yep. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um the review, ma- subscribe. <laughs> yeah, that that too. Yeah. The main reason I kinda wanted to chat has been about what has come out of Norway. Oh, here we go. Recently. Um get the soapbox. Ash is gonna hop on it again. Here we so, go. So oh. the reason for this episode is to go into the shirt's dirty. Sorry. Well, we had to put the camera back up, so that's why. I blame that. But it's to go into animal rights activists, lawsuits, and what they're trying to do, what their goals are. It may ruffle some feathers. I'm sorry. Um, But, again, this is our opinion. Right. I've honestly not cared. I mean, if this is, you know, upsetting you, I'm sorry. But at the same time... You know, opinions are like doorknobs on a house. Everybody has one, and that's the very HR-friendly version of it. Yeah. So, what happened in Norway recently was that there was a court ruling where there was a court case brought to a Norway court saying that the breeding of English bulldogs, or just straight-up bulldogs, Mm -hmm. and 
Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are inherently unhealthy and go against their animal cruelty laws on the books in Norway because of the health problems that can come from just those dogs being reproduced and existing. Now, the big thing about this lawsuit is that it effectively puts a ban on the breeding of those two breeds in Norway. It does not ban the ownership of. One question. Yes. Are they trying to ban the breeding of the two breeds together or independently within their own breed? Independently within their own breed. That's stupid. I agree. Now, there have been a lot of people coming out saying, well, the breeders did this to themselves. Well, here's the problem. Oh, people are always going to point fingers. I mean, yeah. Jeez. Here, here's the problem that I have with that is that this ruling only took into account of, of numbers. They did not take into account or break out the responsibly bred dogs versus the backyard bred dogs versus the puppy mills, puppy farms. They just lumped them all together. And now what this ruling is actually going to do for citizens of Norway, since you can no longer breed those two dog dog breeds in that country, it's basically going to mean that the demand for those puppies is going to increase. And so is probably the price. And the price. And you're going to start getting unscrupulous breeders going in there and making the health problems worse. Unscrupulous breeders on this world? <gasps> no. It couldn't be. So. Say it isn't so. This, this animal rights activist group has already come out with a list of target breeds that are next on their... Why do I get the feeling these people are like PETA-leaning? They are. Fucking PETA. They are PETA-leaning, and... The only good PETA is in uh, freaking Hunger Games, in my opinion. Yeah. It's the only good one. And so here's the list of breeds that are next on their list of breeds. That... Sounds like a hit list. It is kind of a hit list. It is a dog breed hit list, and I think it's total bullshit. Um, and it's very, very, very misguided. So, here's the list. Basset Hound, Bull Terrier, Chihuahua, Dachshund, Sharpay, Shih Tzu, Scottish Terrier, Irish Wolfhound, German Shepherd, Pekingese, Pug, Pomeranian, French Bulldog, Boston Terrier, Great Dane, Yorkshire Terrier. Those are on their list. And they are targeting breeds that are brachycephalic, so meaning that the face is kind of smooshed up. Right, yeah. They're also targeting breeds that have loose skin and are targeting over-exaggerated angles. So that's why German Shepherds are on the list. Because they assume that the way that German Shepherds are built is inherently unhealthy. Yeah. What? Yeah. When, if you look at most of the American Showline people... They are all doing OFA hips, OFA elbows. They are doing a shit ton of health testing and all of that. And they're u- and the animal rights activists are using American show lines to show the extremeness of it all. Mm. Or they're using the West German show lines as well. Um, the problem that, that arises is, again, you're getting a lot of uneducated people crunching numbers and just throwing numbers out there. Not while <laughs> numbers may be good, but you have to take things in in as a whole and not as like out of context. And a responsible breeder, regardless of the breed or what have you, is never going to knowingly breed two unhealthy dogs together. They're just not a and puppy mill might. A puppy mill would, and a backyard breeder probably would. Because they're just in it for... I mean, they think that the bitch is a female dog is just nothing more than a baby-making factory. Exactly. Kind of like some American religions. Uh-oh. Whoops, not American <laughs> global. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for the correction, my dear wife. Um. So... See, I did it again. Yeah, you did. They're not taking into account the responsible breeders that are doing their utmost... 
to make sure that these dogs are healthy and pass on healthy genes to the next generation. They And if they want to curtail any of the bad breeding and the health issues and whatever that's been going on, in actuality, 11. 11. Really? You're going to get in front of the microphone again? She's like, yes, of course. She just wants my attention. That's all there is to it. Whenever I'm like in the living room, she wants my attention. If I'm in the bedroom, it's Astrid for some reason. Look, look at the look at the kitty butt right in your face. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, so now it's in my face. What what I think needs to be taken into account here Don't fart. is a lot of breeds are being crossed and making designer mixes that are also inherently unhealthy. Doodles and such. Doodles. Um, uh, basically, crossing these breeds together to create fab colors, to create supposed hypoallergenic coats. No such thing, by the way. Um, I mean, hypo meaning less allergenic, but mm-hmm. it's not completely allergen-free. Right. And you can react to different forms <clears throat> in the allergen and whatever. So, with with what needs to be done in terms of animal rights laws and whatnot, focus, in my opinion, needs to go towards the breeders that are creating and profiting off of these fad mixes and fad colors. Agreed. For example, French Bulldogs. French Bulldogs do not come in Merle. Hmm. Period. No way. Bulldogs, English Bulldogs, do not come in Merle. They do not come in tricolor. Period. The acceptable colors for an English bulldog are fawn, brindle, and a combination of white. And sometimes white. Mostly white. Like a mostly white bulldog. Okay. For French bulldogs, it is piebald, black, brindle, fawn, and I think yellow. They recognize that as a separate color. Hmm. But nowhere does it say tan point. Nowhere does it say tricolor. Nowhere does it say merle. And in fact, if you were to read those breed standards, every last one of them explicitly disqualify those dogs, period. Wow. So anybody that is breeding a blue bulldog. Mm-hmm. Or a blue French bulldog. You're part of the problem. Yeah. And you're not helping to fix the situation. And there are a lot of people saying, well, you know, brachycephalic obstructive syndrome, airway obstruction syndrome. Generally, the symptoms of that only appear, especially in the well-bred dogs, mm-hmm. they don't appear until geriatric age anyway. Right. And there are things that will inherently exacerbate that condition and make it worse, mm-hmm. regardless of the breeding. Mm-hmm. Primarily, weight. Mm. If these dogs are not kept at a healthy weight, then it's going to obstruct their airway as well. And those numbers are actually going into the factor. So they're not take they're not excluding overweight dogs. Mm-hmm. They are not rating the responsibly bred dogs higher. Mm-hmm. They are not there's no true weight to the system here of saying that it's really the irresponsible breeders. It is the backyard bred dogs. It is the puppy mill dogs mm-hmm. that are causing the problem. It is not responsible breeders. That are causing the problem. Well, even here stateside, responsible breeders are a little bit crapped on with the whole... Oh, they are. And Why am I being a truffer? You're getting fucking shit on is what they're doing. Because, yeah. I mean, the whole PETA thing, adopt, mm-hmm. don't shop, all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I have friends on Facebook who actually post that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that works for you. That's good for you. I don't get on my soapbox. I don't say anything. But at the same time, breeders get a bad rap. Breeders do get a bad rap. And the adopt, don't shop hashtag in itself should be viewed as hate speech. Mm. 
because what it is doing is malaligning a group of people yeah. by their choice to get a purebred dog or a dog that suits their needs. Eleven, stop it. I nearly knocked over a microphone. Sorry about that, listenership. And ignore the fact that adopting a dog from a rescue can be more expensive in the long run than, That's a, true. than adopting or than, than buying a purebred dog from a responsible breeder. Because if somebody has abandoned uh, a dog or a cat, then it's entirely possible that... Uh, it's like getting a used car, essentially. You could be getting whatever issues mm-hmm. that the person abandoned the animal for in the first place. Yeah, so you could be getting a dog from a shelter that has that needs a ton of rehabilitation work from a trainer that's not cheap. Mm. Could need medical help, could need specific food, could need a specific lifestyle that you just aren't prepared for and have to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars. And yet, what do you get? Oh, I rescued him. No, you didn't. It's not like a badge of honor to wear. It's not. And in, and in actuality, if you're getting a dog from a private rescue, you actually have no idea where that dog is coming from. Yeah. And in fact, you could be supporting puppy mills overseas and irresponsible breeding stateside because there have been reports of private rescues advertising for puppies, regardless of the breed, so that they can make a quick buck. Kind of like when we got Aston. Yeah, um, when we got Aston, when and how we can say this and how I can say this with such confidence is we are involved in rescue for Hamilton Stobar. Yeah. We have fostered. We have helped network dogs to be placed. Yeah. Um, both stateside and in the UK. We have yep. helped do that. Yep. And... Rosie's breeder. With... Um, with that... We know what some of these private rescues can do and some of the dirty tricks. Mm -hmm. Like the moment that I reach out to a private rescue and I say, hey, I think you have a rare breed. Yeah, they see dollar signs. They see dollar signs and the price goes up and up and up and up and up and up Mm -hmm. until it turns into a bidding war. Yep. Or they will actually full on go to a rural shelter where I've seen a dog Mm -hmm. where I'm trying to network with rescues that I trust and they will see that that, rest, that that shelter has updated the breed to a rare breed, come in and falsify that they are an adoptive family, when in actuality they are a rescue hmm. and dog flipping, which is a thing. It is a huge thing. Wait, so, people are flipping dogs like they flip houses now? Yes. The fuck? Yeah, that's been going on. You're not a dog, you idiot. It's been going on for probably the past five or six years, as the number of dog population has gone down globally, Mm. the demand for dogs cannot... The supply and demand don't equal up. Yeah. So people, people, i.e. rescues, are resorting to desperate measures and deceit and deceit and horrible things and whatnot. Yeah. But... If you want to truly rescue a dog, go to your municipal shelter. Municipal. Whatever. Yeah. I got you. And those are run by government funds. Mm -hmm. They have tax dollar oversight. And they tend to be a lot less stingy and a lot less weird about things and a lot less breeder hatred shit. Mm. Um, I mean, ours... Are, they are amazing. You know, Richmond Animal Care and Control, they've yeah. done phenomenal work. They are actually currently working on a severe neglect and abuse case where a dog was dropped off overnight in a freezing temperature mm. at their shelter by their director's window overnight, and the dog nearly died. It is currently in, the, in a vet right now getting heated IV fluids and... On life savings measures. Life support, yeah. That is what rescuing a dog is. 
Mm. You going to a Petco or a PetSmart... Having worked in one of those, and I'm sure friend of the podcast Sam would agree, considering we both we both worked at Petco, she's worked at both Petco and PetSmart, no. But going to those and seeing their adoption events, Mm-mm. those are all private adoption events. Those are not government-funded ones. So they are going off of impulse buys, which is always a bad idea. I actually had to be a part of, do you remember we had uh, Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius? Mm -hmm. And I had to take them to this um, adoption event. Mm -hmm. Never again. No. I'm sorry. Never again. I'm not working with them. I mean, because they were purposefully... Mm-hmm. Trying to target kids and get them interested, and therefore, if the kids are interested, that brings the parents, and the snowball just goes down the hill from there. And it's just, it, it's very sketchy, in my opinion. It is, and I, so back to this whole Norway thing. I feel like I may owe someone an apology now. No, you don't. Okay, good. <laughs> um, back to the whole Norway. Back to Norway, yeah. Norway as a country and their animal rights laws, and I'm going to word this very, very, very carefully. Because they have some of the nicest Hamiltons in the world, and I would still like to use their dogs, thank you very much. Hmm. Hint, hint, hint. Hint, hint, hint. There are things that the Norwegian Kennel Club does that I approve of, dramatically. Hmm. Like their stance on the World Dog Show that took place in China a few years ago where there was legit bribery, and them saying... The fuck? Oh yeah, they were given like judges and like event holders and stuff like that like and the actual people that were awarding where the world dog show would go they were given like credit cards and shit oh this is some fifa shit right here it is oh my god and and the norwegian kennel club came out and said oh yeah no no judges will be going to that and if you if you are a norwegian judge and you accept an assignment over there Mm -mm. your judge's license will be revoked enjoy Mm. and um so i agree with them on that yeah what i do not agree with them on are the fact that they have for a long time now taken a very pandering approach to these animal rights activists Mm -hmm. um norway and Sweden are countries where crating dogs is illegal. Yep, I'm, I'm You gonna, can't see it, but my jaw is on the floor. I'm going to say that again. Uh, no, because I don't want my jaw to go down again. And Sweden have outlawed crating your dog. I'd love to see their, their dog shows, honestly. Now, Sweden does have the amendment of you are allowed to crate your dog at an exhibition event and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think Norway does as well. However, how in the hell are you going to train, crate train your dog to be fine, happy, and stable in that crate at a show if they do not have a good foundation to begin with? Right. So, and in actuality, the fact that they are allowing dogs to be crated at shows mm-hmm. is... And not created at home mm-hmm. can increase the stress levels of the dogs at that show. Yeah. So, Michael and I, we create our dogs. We do it for safety. We do it for nutritional reasons. We do it for um, animal management reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, most dog people will agree that creating your dog is for the betterment of the dog. Especially if you have multiple dogs because you have an easy way of separating them out Mm -hmm. and making sure that no accidental breedings take place and making sure that no fights take place, making sure that the dogs themselves get the appropriate amount of food. And if there are emergencies, you have a quick place to put them Mm -hmm. as opposed to letting them run hog wild in your house or out in the backyard and I am going to say this. I know that a lot of the Swedish and Norwegian Hamilton breeders, mm-hmm. what they do is they have outdoor runs and stuff like that, which is fine. The problem is that there's a cultural difference here where... Big time, yeah. In the U.S., you can't do that because if you do, people will um, steal your dog. Pretty much. 
And looking at you, Peta. Hi, Peta. And we'll break into your yard. Yep. And steal your dog. Yep. So it is for the interest of the dog mm-hmm. to only be outside when supervised in the U.S. And believe it or not, I mean, even tonight when I was letting our pack out, I, uh, that's the first time in a while I've called him a pack, honestly. We don't normally call him that. Um, I let both Raven and Celine out independently. Mm-hmm. And I noticed both of their Coranda beds, mm-hmm. which those are great. I love them. Um, Raven's was just like dust dirty. You know, there mm-hmm. was dust in there. It was, you know, mm-hmm. mud, whatever. Whereas Celine, she had gotten a little bit antsy and like put water, mm-hmm. mixed it with like her wet fur. It was just brown water. It was just gross. So mm-hmm. independently, while each one was outside, I took, um, I don't know what we want to call that blue spray that we have that I can't breathe in. Oh, Odoban? Yeah. Because that's like big time antibacterial. Yep, and it's safe for dogs. And- you know, we, we, we've, believe it or not, we've had that since COVID started. We're now starting to get to the bottom. Though I think the thing leaks. Anyway, and I cleaned, I wiped it down, used a wet paper towel to wipe off that so it's, you know, clean for mm-hmm. them. Um, so the only time that those Coranda beds that we have inside these crates um, are really dirty is the dog's fault. And even then, we promptly clean them. Yeah. I've had to leave work once because Rolo shat his bed. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and and that's the thing is with these laws, it turns into this weird slippery slope where if you're going to allow animal rights activists to overrun these laws their mission inherently, and it has been said over and over again by PETA and the um, head of PETA, that she views pet ownership as slave bondage. And that no animal should be owned by a person. Which, anybody that knows anything about human development and human biology and dog biology... Dogs and humans are kind of a symbiotic species. Big time, yeah. And dogs would not survive on their own. They need humans in order to survive. And even the dogs that are stray, pariah-type dogs Mm -hmm. are feeding off of the rubbish that humans create. Right. So, there is no such thing as... Let's let the dogs run free and wild and free. There's no way that that can happen. Mm-mm. Cats, on the other hand, sure. But they will destroy your native birds in the process. Oh, yeah. Um, Plus, and, and, I mean, and, when you and, have domestic cats, it becomes symbiotic anyway because they rely on us for not only their food, but taking care of the waste as well. Yeah, and, and, and shelter and... Can't imagine Nala or Eleven or any of our cats trying to fend for themselves. I, well, I, I mean, don't want that to happen to them. And all of our cats are rescue cats that have had some sort of horrible yeah. start. Um, but um, speaking of, here comes Astrid. And the, like Astrid was found under the porch of a house in in Richmond. I will proudly admit she's a foster fail. She is a foster fail. She's my warrior kitty. Um, but. The thing is, animal ownership should be a right. Mm. And, you know, then this whole slippery slope of allowing certain laws to exist and allowing certain things to happen. And now with this banning of breeding certain breeds in Norway, the way that this group that did this lawsuit, some of their definitions on what they're targeting, mm-hmm. are so vague yeah. that any breed could be on the chopping block. So one of one of the things they said, loose skin, all right? Okay. Go grab a Hamilton and tell me if they have loose skin. Well, you hear this on SVU all the time. If this case goes through and is successful, it creates a precedent. Yes. And it threatens a lot of other things. Like you said, mm-hmm. it opens the door for that. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that it will stop there? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just going to make things honestly worse. And right. it just... And, and one thing that surprises me is the fact that these animal rights activists aren't going after the 
native Swedish and Norwegian hounds that are still used to hunt and kill animals. Hmm. In the UK, the first thing that those animal rights activists did Hmm. when we knew that they were, you know, no shit, I mean, that they were batshit nuts, is they banned fox hunting. Yeah. And now the only thing that you can kill with a dog or hunt with a dog in the UK is rabbit and like rodents, Mm. like rodent slash vermin. Yeah. So they still allow for working terriers. They still allow for um, working beagles and, but they don't view working spaniels that and working gun dogs as hunting. Mm-hmm. So my big thing is with this animal rights activist law or court case that happened recently, I really hope it is a wake up call to the Norwegian Kennel Club in realizing that they need to take a stand mm-hmm. to help protect the breeds that are in existence and take a stand against the designer breeds and take a stand against irresponsible breeding and adding fad colors and things like that. Because one another aspect of this is they're saying, oh, things are getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. Well, the Merle gene that is not supposed to be in bulldogs. Yeah comes with its own set of health problems. Yeah, we've talked about this before. And there's a reason why. Like, people don't want Merle in breeds where it's not part of that breed because there are so many health issues that can come with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying ban Merles. No, 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 no. I'm saying... It needs to be kept in the breeds where it exists and the breeders know how to deal with it. Hmm. Whereas you have these breeders that are trying to breed Merle Bulldogs that already have structural issues, that are that already are not the ideal and fit the breed standard. Hmm. And then you add in this color to it that, that people don't understand. Right. Problems are going to happen. Well, what gets me is... You've indicated that they're using generic terminology for these particular dogs and their description. Show them, honestly, for a counter-argument, show them a breed standard. Mm -hmm. Read the breed standard in open court. There is no such fucking thing as a generic dog, and the breed standards will prove it. It describes the dogs in detail, what it should look like, what they're supposed to be like, what their job is, and things of that nature. Because a lot of the times the standards... In regards to, I'm, you already know this, I know, but their job is sometimes linked with you yeah. know, form and function and how they look. Right, and so a lot of the brachiocephalic breeds, they have been designed and bred to be kept as companions. So the need for them to go out and run a mile is just not part of the breed. Right. They are bred to be companions. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I haven't touched on the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and there's a reason why, and that is, it's complex. The I just kind of touched on that with the standard and everything. Well, but it's, it's complex in that Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, I do think, need to do better. Breeders need to do better. Wow. Um, there have been some health issues within that breed that need to be dealt with mm-hmm. uh, to the point of mitral valve issues in their hearts are currently at around half of the breed population. Hmm. Um, and I'm talking well-bred population. Oh, damn. Um, there is a condition, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the brain is too big for the skull mm-hmm. and it causes like seizures and stuff like that. Right. That is something that is almost unique to Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. It's almost never heard of in any other breed. Right. That has a similar head structure and whatever. Mm-hmm. And 
for what I think what the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel need, breed community needs to do mm-hmm. is they need to do what the Portuguese water dog clubs have done. They need to do what the Basenji clubs have done. Mm-hmm. They need to do and help fund research. Mm. Do your homework. Well, fund research to determine the genetic causation of these things mm-hmm. so that they can breed away from it. Right. And in some cases, it may be, and I know I'm going to catch heat for this, and I'm sorry. It's our opinion, remember. It may be a good idea. In our opinion. In our opinion, to do selective outcrosses, meaning from other breeds, to bring in new genes that can help override this population issue, this health population issue. Mm-hmm. Now, is it for the average Joe to determine what that selective outcross is? Hell no. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that even if I tried. It needs to be agreed upon by the breed clubs as to what Committee. is appropriate. And then agreed upon by the appropriate national kennel clubs. Mm-hmm. When those dogs that are coming in are allowed to be registered as purebred again. A brilliant case study in this happened with Dalmatians. Mm -hmm. Dalmatians have an issue with urinary problems. And Uh. the urinary problems cause crystals. Mm -hmm. And um, so... The Dalmatian breed clubs around the world were like, well, what can we breed in to help improve this urinary issue that is obviously genetic? Yeah. So what they did is they bred in pointers. Okay. And crossed pointers to Dalmatians. And then over the years of... Multiple successful generations in breeding true, meaning that they are looking like Dalmatians. Mm -hmm. These dogs are now eligible to be registered by certain kennel clubs. I'm not sure if all of them are, but I know that um, I think in the U.S. they are allowed. I think in Canada they're allowed. The U.K., I think they are kind of sort of allowed, but they have to have a designation at the end of their name. Mm -hmm. Um. But this has actually helped solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And Basenji's had a huge issue with, I think it's called Fanconi syndrome. Okay. And Basenji's for the longest time had been this closed population. So, and we're going to be talking about this in an upcoming episode. Hint, 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 hint. Um, that... Um, why are people texting me while I'm podcasting? Well, your mom tried to call me. I know. You know. Um, but what the Basenji breeders in the U.S. did is they made a decision to go to the Congo and to get dogs that are still Basenjis, mm-hmm. but just have been removed from that population for a while. Um, and breed them into that population to help improve the genetic diversity. This is genetic diversity is becoming a huge hot button issue right now in dogs and coefficient of inbreeding and all of that stuff and there's it tends to become really 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 tough. Mm-hmm. And there are certain breeds that would not surprise me. Yeah. If they don't start doing outcrossing projects as well, um, one of them is Doberman mm-hmm. with their cardiac issues. Yeah, um, I know that to save the German Pinscher from going extinct, Dobermans were actually crossed in. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, that can be done and it needs to be done as an executive decision mm-hmm. by the clubs. Yeah, decision by committee. Right, and to make a concerted effort to say, this is what we are going to do, and this is why. And on top of that, 
They need to do the research and help fund the research for those, for those existing diseases that they are trying to eradicate within their breed. So those things need to be taken care of. And with Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, I think it would be a good idea if the breeders in Norway just go take a chat mm. with Dalmatian breeders yeah. and Dalmatian clubs and go take a chat with and have a chat with some clubs that are doing it right. Yeah. And the reason why I say the Portuguese Water Dog Club of America. Yeah, as an example. As an example, whenever a health issue arises, no matter how small, they immediately start funding research for it. Just immediately. Boom. Don't even ask questions yep. or anything. Just immediately. And like when Addison's disease was starting to happen in Portuguese water dogs, they started a research fund for it. Mm -hmm. They started saying, hey, if you have a Portuguese water dog, can you have them, you know, do a blood draw? Yeah. To test for Addison's markers. Can you do this? Can you do that? And yeah. That club has done everything in their power and they fully understand mm -hmm. that there is no way that you can cross and do outcrosses with Portuguese water dogs because they are so unique. So they are paving the way and funding research. Eleven has found your bubble wrap. I know. You really need to do something about that. Um, but the the thing with Cavalier King Charles Spaniels responsibly bred ones are actually doing okay. Yeah. There are some lines that you need to avoid. Um, heart issues are still prevalent in the breed. That really hasn't gone down at all. And the brain issues need to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And I hope that this case in Norway is eye-opening. The problem now that we're seeing is... Because of this case, like Michael said, it's setting a precedent. Yeah, it's going to. And there are already petitions for greeting card companies and other things in within the UK. Because when they do something in animal rights, they go batshit crazy <laughs> from the off. Well, I mean, you've seen now how they settle things in their government. I mean... Yeah, well, <laughs> this one... This one just came out today, mm. and basically they want to ban greeting cards and images and stuff from being sold of breeds that are brachiocephalic. So like pugs, Pekingese, and bulldogs, and French bulldogs, and things like that. Mm. And when it comes to people saying this brachiocephalic uh, airway obstructive obstruction syndrome the I find it funny that they always use bulldogs and french bulldogs as like their marker mm -hmm. for that but the marker for like the indication of that for breeds that are way older yeah like Pekingese Chihuahuas um Pekingese Chihuahuas Pugs all of them, mm -hmm. they are ancient. They've been developed and designed to have this these flat faces for thousands of years. Right, yeah. So obviously it's not a problem. No. And even when you look at... And people will say, oh, look at how these breeds have changed over the years and whatnot. If You, you can say the same thing about humanity. Yeah, but if you look at photos of winning Pekingese... Mm -hmm. From like the 1940s and 50s, they look almost identical to winning Pekingese that are winning right now. So that tells you something. Yeah. That these breeders are doing it right. Exactly. And I know that there was a huge thing when the Pekingese won Best in Show at Westminster last year. Um, saying, oh, that dog must be unhealthy. Da, 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 da. But what I love is the fact that the dog's breeder owner handler... Posted a friggin' video on Instagram of that dog running 
balls to the walls. <laughs> and people were like, oh my god, we didn't know the dog. Like, the moment he started posting videos of these dogs running their asses off mm-hmm. and breathing fine. Yeah. People were like, oh, whoops. And that's why you've seen a lot of animal rights people are backing off from Pekingese people because... Did you shut I, down somebody on Instagram? Uh, that was on TikTok and I got in a fight with a vet and I told him to go shut up. And, and <laughs> no, told, no, 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 no. You came at them correctly. Yes, I did. I came at them with facts. Facts. And, and yeah. how he, this particular vet was... Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, vet was using data for the BAOS scores, which mm-hmm. is um, brachiocephalic airway obstructive syndrome scores, um, for bulldogs and French bulldogs, and comparing them to Pekingese, which Pekingese, they don't have to be tested for it. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. Why? Because for whatever reason, for thousands of years, it hasn't impacted them. Yeah. And the funny thing, what I find interesting about um, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, they have a related breed called English Toy Spaniel. Yeah. English Toy Spaniel is not on the chopping block. Hmm. They breathe perfectly fine. They're perfectly athletic. They don't have the problems that are going on. Those dogs on the list have something in common. They're all popular. Exactly. They're well-known breeds. Yep. And you touched on this earlier, but if this precedent is set and moves forward, who's to say they're not going to go after the less well-known breeds as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, this basically, if this precedent is set, it puts all dogs at risk, in my opinion. It does. It really does put all dogs at risk. And people will say, oh, I'm being alarmist, da 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 No, I'm not. Um, Look what happened in America when 45 was elected. Yep. And case dismissed. Thank you very much. Yeah, and basically, this is what is happening right now in the dog world, and people need to understand. Although Americans can be stupid, we're not the greatest country in the world. I'm gonna go ahead. Oh and admit hell no! That. No, I'm gonna admit that right now. Look, I'm been embarrassed for four years for my country. So well, yeah, I mean, I will go ahead and say there are things that Norway and Sweden do far better than the U.S. will ever even think of doing, and a lot of it is how they treat their people. And that is why they can do these animal rights activist laws is because they're already treating their people well. Yeah. So they're like, okay, let's go after the animals now. Yeah. And they think they're doing good when in actuality this law, or not law, this court decision is just going to open it up and... Yeah, the floodgates are going to The floodgates are just going to be awful. You're going to see a rash of imports and exports and... It would not surprise me if you you don't start seeing these breeders of Bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles Spaniels sending dogs over to Denmark or Germany or places where it's still allowed to be bred, sending them over to friends, mm-hmm. breeding them together. And then sending the products sending the, home? Yeah, sending the products home. <laughs> and you're still not solving the problem. If anything, you're just creating a uh, a wall, and mm-hmm. whenever you do that, people are going to find a way around it. Right. Just like the German Shepherd people are in the UK right now. Yeah. Um, after the Kennel Club's decision to revoke CCs, which are challenge certificates, and mm-hmm. championship opportunities for German Shepherds, yeah, they revoked that, people are still... They're not changing. The yeah. German Shepherd dog in the UK... Is not changing because of this ruling. Mm-hmm. And they're not conforming to what they would like the dogs to look like per the Kennel Club's ruling. And so it would not surprise me if these CCs are not going to get restored to German Shepherds. Right. So what are people going to do? They're not going to show in the UK. Where are they going to go? They're going to go over to Ireland. They're going to go over to France. They're going to go over to Germany and still continue to breed the dogs that still have the problems and then show them in the UK. Otherwise known as adapting to the situation. Exactly. So it really doesn't solve a damn thing. If they really wanted to solve something and solve these health issues, these animal rights activists and whatnot need to work with 
the breeders and the breed clubs and the kennel clubs to come up with real life solutions, not bans, not, you know, taking something away, come up with real actionable solutions with plans in place and set and reevaluating situations after certain generations, mm -hmm. because that's how you embark change, not by banning. No. Because people will find a way around it. And like, for example, the wonderful thing of they're trying to ban dogs from being imported into the UK with cropped ears. Yeah. Because cropping and docking is illegal in the UK. Right. So people were bringing over cropped-eared dogs. Now that they, have already been cropped. That have already not, been cropped. Not in the process, but... Right. But you're also hearing the stories in the UK of people doing the crop jobs themselves. Hmm. And mm, 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 mm. without veterinary supervision, oh, without no. sterile instruments, without pain relief for the dogs. So the banning of cropping... Is, is an animal rights law right. that we do not support. No. If you if you want a cropped or docked dog, that's your choice. Yeah, it's up to you. If fine. you want to leave them natural, fine by me. Also fine. It's up to you. Yeah. Your dog. Your dog, your choice. <laughs> fine. It sounds like the... The your body, your choice? Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, we are pro-vax, so don't even get us on that. Yeah, someone close to me says, my body, my choice. And I'm like, you're talking about vaccinations. That is not applicable there. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. So this has been like our little animal rights soapbox rant. <laughs> we can't even call it a raw tidbit. I think you may want to call Well, if you call it a soapbox rant, people aren't going to listen. No, and I don't even know what I'm going to call it. Um, but I, I need to kind of wrap it up because I need to go lay down because my back hurts. <laughs> Yeah, well, sitting in this chair for, like, over an hour will probably do it. Plus, the cats are just going to get worse. Yep. Thank you for proving my point, girls. Um, so, again, please, 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 please do your homework. Rate, Re review, subscribe as well. But do your homework. Yeah, do, do your, your homework. research. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, we can be found at About a Dog Pod on Instagram, About a Dog Pod on Facebook, About a Dog Pod at gmail.com. And about a dog, one on Twitter. I don't know if that's accurate. My phone's in the other room. I it wasn't is planning accurate. on doing this. I know. Um, I left my cheat sheet elsewhere. So with that, <laughs> please go hug your dog. They love you. Hug they your love dog. you.